Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. Appreciate everyone who's tuning in to today's episode. Got a lot to unpack here. The offseason is getting spicy. There's a lot going on. Just as a quick warning to the show, let me just preface this real quickly. Bit the shit out of my tongue. So if I'm having more trouble than usual pronouncing words, apologize in advance. I just want to make that clear. That's why it might sound a little bit, uh, might be struggling with a little bit of my words more than usual. But again, appreciate everyone who's tuning into the show. Like I mentioned, Big Three is just dropping news after splash alert, after news, it seems like, over the past couple of days. And we're going to dive into that. And um, alongside all the Big Three updates, also have an interview with a Big Three prospect on the back end of this episode. So it's going to be a great show. Before I jump into it, as always, if you want to find the show at Fourth Man Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, hopefully I'll ramp up the TikTok. Uh, no promises there. Instagram and Twitter are popping though, as always. I'm always pretty active on there and trying to update you guys, uh, trying to just not only relive the past a little bit, but update you obviously on what's coming up with the new season. So make sure to follow those if you're interested in the league. If you want to watch the show rather than listen to the show, you can do so at youtube.com slash fourth man pod. And as always, we appreciate Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. You can find us on Saturdays as well as Mondays. I will list the times in the description. But yeah, we're also being uh, given the opportunity to be on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel on Mondays as well. And of course, you can find us on all your preferred podcast listening apps, Google Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Not sure why I started with Google, but that being said, let's jump into it. Let's start with the biggest news. The biggest news has to be about the the recent recent news from the league announcing that fans will have an opportunity to have to have ownership stakes this season for the twelve teams. Um, Pretty, pretty wild just in general. So the big three ownership, essentially the, the league has owned all these 12 teams for the first four seasons as they get into the fifth season. It's the first time, I think, since the UFC, the startup professional sports league, has made it to its fifth season. So pretty big accomplishment there. Obviously, we've seen a lot of spring football leagues, startup football leagues over the past few years that haven't really – worked out or panned out due to various reasons. And, and one thing that's been consistent every summer has been the big three. And they've continued to be innovative and continue to uh, make the league a little bit more splashy and interesting and bring new players into the mix and bring new ideas that other leagues are using. And once again, doing that with how they're going to divide their teams, um, I think really what they're going for here is just a little bit more fandom of each team rather than just the league as a whole. And I, I really love the idea. And now fans are going to have the opportunity to 
have ownership stakes through NFT collectibles for each of the 12 teams. It's really interesting because uh, I was listening to Ice Cube on a podcast. I can't remember if it was Yahoo Sports or another one, but he was just talking about how he, rather than have a bunch of millionaires and billionaires, or, or maybe even these venture capitalist groups trying to pick up a team, more so now anybody who has a, a, a little bit of a little bit of money to spare, maybe a little bit in savings. Um, maybe they're into the stock market looking to invest. Now's your chance to buckle down and invest into the big three as a league and, and be a part of have, essentially have your own team in the, in the sports, in the sports world, professional sports team uh, to have a stake in that. I, I, I don't know how many, which ways I can say it, but it's just so, so interesting. And there's some limited spots here. It looks like, I'm just kind of reading this from the website just to make sure that I'm accurate in everything I'm I'm saying. But we've got 975 gold tier owners, which are priced at $5,000 respectively. And then they have the 25 fire tier owners at $25,000. So fire tier owners may be a little bit more of the people who uh, maybe the, the doctors, the uh, engineers of the world, or maybe if you just got a, if you're really good at savings, unlike myself, uh, maybe that's an option you take. Maybe you go in with a group of friends, have just have a group of you guys own a part of the team, but the, the gold tier seems pretty manageable at 5,000 respectively. And really the benefits that come with it are pretty wild within here. Um, it's kind of divided up into, different groups from ticketing to merchandise experiences and activations um, have voting rights. You can, you're going to have the opportunity. I don't, I don't think for all tiers. So probably not all 975 people of each team have voting rights, but probably those, those fire owners are going to have the opportunity to have a say in season and weekly player and coaching coach awards, the player of the game week to be featured on CBS voting on all-star participants, which by the way, that's pretty cool because they just kind of like threw that in there a little bit, but that would be the first ever, this would be the first ever big three all-star game that the league has ever had in its history. So, you know, kind of just throwing a little bit more excitement there casually. <laughs> um, you, you know, you get to do a lot of meet and greets with the players and coaches. You get invited to practice. I mean, this is pretty pretty wild stuff. If the big three goes public, you have the opportunity to, to get allocation of stock at IPO price, pre-purchase NFTs. I mean, this is pretty pretty insane. Um, receive real championship ring. It looks like maybe there's a cost within there. Owners will have IP rights to team names and logos. I think there was something about if there's an expansion team, you'll be have the chance to vote. You'll have super nice seats, backstage passes. Uh, VIP, I mean, you know, you're, you're treated like an owner. Uh, and I got it's, it's just a really another innovative way that the league has continued to not only try to change the game as they've been saying for so long, but just like include the fans and get fans a little bit more engaged, um, not just from a fan level, but now having the opportunity to be, be an owner or part owner of, of one of these 12 teams and potentially another team down the line if they do decide to expand. I'm very curious how this works. I got to be honest, as someone who loves this league, I'm, I'm hoping that this works out for the better. I'm not saying that 
um, this goes wrong or I know this and that a little bit better. It just seems like, I mean, let's do the math here. We've got 25, 25 fire tier owners for the 12 team. That's 300 people. So, I mean, the amount of money that could be made here, if everyone does invest, if all, all the spots are full, that'd be great. That's 300 people right there, fire tier owners. And then we have the 975 other owners or the gold tier owners, that would be 11,700 people. So in total, that's 12,000 people that are gonna have a partial stake into a team. Now, now you're looking at this and you're looking at all the different benefits that come with it. And I understand that 300 people compared to the 11,700 people are gonna have more benefits than others. But I mean, availability to buy certain seats, not everyone, not, 300 people aren't going to have great seats necessarily. You're going to get championship game owners, get hotels, and the winning team also gets weekend accommodations and amazing tickets to the all-star game. Like tickets I see, hotels for everybody. I mean, what – I mean, just very high expectations. I'm not sure if they made this – they made more room for the league because they felt, you know, they just wanted to have a little wiggle room if maybe at the beginning there's not a ton of people who are necessarily – interested going all in on a team or, or you know, maybe that, maybe they already had some prior commits. It sounds like maybe players themselves can invest in the team. So maybe there's, there's more to that as well. Um, and maybe not just players in the big three, but players in the NBA or maybe NFL players, um, other professional athletes, celebrities. So maybe that's the idea. My hope is that, um, you know, as the league continues to grow, I bought, I obviously if someone who advocates for this league, day in and day out and the real potential and opportunity it has not just for for the league and in this space but also for the people involved in it as well so i hope that everyone sees that same opportunity i know that we're only in season it's going to be season five here um the league continues to grow year after year after year and so maybe that's why you make that room thinking kind of ahead of time um, as you're scaling you get to that 10th season and you want a little bit more uh you have that wiggle room now if people are coming on late to the big three or don't know about the league just yet, now they can invest a little bit later on. I mean, just kind of spitballing here and, and talking out loud. But um, ultimately, what I'm trying to say is I hope that this works out for the I hope this works out in the league's favor and everything goes as planned and that expectations um, are set correctly up front. I mean, because, again, this is. This is a lot that's being offered here, and I don't know who gets what benefit necessarily. But I mean, definitely a lot of doable stuff. Don't get me wrong, even for twelve thousand people. I mean, that's probably not even half the stadium and, and most of the arenas they play in. Um, I'm just curious about some of the the, I guess more of the uh, specific. I should say maybe the high-end perks that you're getting. Like I mentioned, championship game owners get hotels, which I guess if I think about it in that way, it's not going to be 300 people. It's only going to be 50 people or so. still seems like a lot for hotels, especially let's say if they do championship game in the Bahamas again. I mean, that seems expensive in itself unless they can get a really good deal on a bundle. What I'm saying is very unique opportunity. Um, I think if people believe in the league like I do, then 
you know, any hesitation or concern that at least from the end of like, will enough people actually go and, and want to be or purchase partial stakes in teams? Uh, for me personally, like, I got to be honest here. Like for me personally, I've actually thought about it. Like it's not a bad investment to make at a very, uh, uh, it's very low risk at a low entrance point. In my opinion, um, you know, I'm not big on the stock market. I don't necessarily do a lot of cryptocurrency. So maybe take my word for what it's worth, but to, you know, basically the way I look at it is that not a lot of professional leagues have made it to this point or a lot of startup professional leagues have made it to this point and not one hasn't done it in a very long time to, so to see one league be able to excel and get to this point already. And now you have the opportunity, at maybe the, maybe the only opportunity you might ever had, I don't know the leagues in the future, but maybe the first ever opportunity you've ever had um, just if you're an average Joe like myself to get in on a professional sports team at $5,000 um, or even $25,000. I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty cool. I don't think you're going to get another opportunity to take advantage of that. The way I look at it, it's very, it's one of the lowest interests you'll ever have in a professional sports team. I mean, we've, we've seen like teams like the, the Clippers as of late or, no other team is popping in my head, but I know other teams have been bought lately. But Clippers is a late what Steve Ballmer bought it for over a billion dollars. Now teams are now teams are being bought by different venture capitalists and and groups of investors at this point. So even even though the entrance rate or like the initial cost is a little bit lower because you're going in a lot of people, it's not it's not low enough for for people like us. Not not even close. Uh, but five thousand. Definitely doable. Uh, 970 size spots. Um, doing it in a way where you're doing it with these uh, NFT, you know, collectibles. So you're doing it in a creative way that seems scalable, is decentralized. Uh, it's really a unique offering and very cool that the big three has once again provided an innovative, innovative spin on, on just the league itself. Um, and again, being having fans involved in the action, and how 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 dope would it be to say, yeah, I I own part of a team. I mean, the people we hear say that are the guys that are guys or gals, guys or gals that are on TV or have big mansions or <laughs> make six, seven, eight figures. You know, so to be able to maybe even for me, just go to my, my nine to five and say, yeah, I own part of a team. Like that's enticing. Like, I can't lie. That's really enticing. Something I really want to just be like, you know, Hey, can I borrow some money from, can I borrow $5,000 up front and I'll pay you back because this is a real opportunity to take advantage of, of a league that's continuously shown just improvement um, it's continued to show that it's continued to garner more interest. It's continued to be innovative and, and, and scale and grow and, and just doing all the right things. And I think once again, this is just another step in that pathway and it's a unique opportunity and definitely one you should take advantage of. If you want to find out more information, you can follow big three ownership 
you can look on the website at big3.com slash forward slash news forward slash big3 hyphen ownership forward slash. Um, you can probably just go to big3.com would be 10 times easier and it would, it would pop up there. Plenty of people are talking about it, but kudos, kudos to the league, kudos to everybody in leadership. This is really a dope, just a dope, another dope aspect to bring to the league. And I, I'm super pumped to see who gets involved too as one of the first, you know, one of the first partial owners. I'm, I'm really excited to see who might be some of those like fire tier owners. Like, are we going to see some celebrities or NBA players? Are we going to see people within this league, whether they're a coach or a player to say, Hey, I'm a ghost follower for life or no, I'm, I'm about, you know, I'm with ball hogs forever. I, that's the part I, I think I'm most interested to see is who ends up buying these stakes, what they look like, and ultimately just kind of see them reap the rewards after they've bought partial stake in a professional team. That is nuts. That's nuts. I don't think that will – maybe for me personally, I don't think I'll ever see that again in my lifetime. Um, just kudos to what the league's doing. And that being said, from a more on-the-court standpoint, the league just announced its first splash alert of the season – Pretty crazy already. They're so they have one more tryout in Chicago this upcoming weekend on April 9th. Recording this on April 7th on a Thursday. So they have the Chicago tryouts on Saturday, and they're already announcing splash alerts for people who are automatically invited to the combine. Um, I think a lot of times these are special invites from people within the league. Maybe if they have a little bit more experience. I'm not really sure the criteria. I know I try to ask Thomas Scott that, but you know, maybe I, I know for sure if you've been on a team in the past, you're an automatic invite to the combine. I think if you have a certain amount of experience within the NBA, you're an automatic invite to the combine, but I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly the criteria, but nonetheless, nonetheless, first splash alert of big three season five and some familiar names some new names, some very interesting names. So the five guys in this first splash alert are KJ McDaniels, Dewan Blair, Damian Wilkins, Taylor Statham. I hope I said that right. And Larry, the Bone Collector Williams. Yes, Bone Collector is returning to the draft pool. All these guys will be in the draft pool. They'll get to go to the combine. Hopefully these guys take advantage of going to the combine because I know in the past not everyone always goes to the combine thinking they might be drafted or they might have other obligations. I understand that. But if you want to play in the league, you know, you figure you got to try out, you know, sometimes, you know, especially if you haven't played before. But really interesting list here. I think the first thing that jumps out to me, and maybe this is just me, is that DeWan Blair playing in the big three, Mr. No ACL. It's like a longtime spur. I mean – I think of DeWan Blair and I think has, how old is this guy? First off, he's 32. Interesting. I feel like DeWan Blair has been in the basketball world for a very long time. Uh, I think, he, so he was with the Spurs for a long time. Second round pick, I think back in like 2007 or 2008. I know durability has always been an issue. And I, I know there's been concern. There was always concerns about him having, no ACLs, he like tore his ACLs and the, the, there was like no cartilage in his knee, but 
something about if his hammies were good, like he'd always be able to play. It's, it's pretty crazy. But DeJuan Blair only 32 years old. And now going to try his luck in the, in the big three. He last played for the Austin Spurs in 2018 and 2019 of the G League. Spent some time overseas. Had a couple stops in, in the G League beforehand. But uh, I'm kind of rooting for him, honestly, just right off the bat from the first splash work. Not that I'm not rooting for everybody else, but it would be pretty cool. I think he'd really excel in this league. Uh, KJ McDaniels and the Bone Collector, two guys that were in the draft pool last year, now returning to hopes and hopes of getting drafted this year. I don't think KJ McDaniels was at the first combine. I could be wrong about that. But high-flying KJ McDaniels, that would be a sight to see in this league where we get some, we get some, we had a lot of really good dunks last year. I don't think we see too many like crazy oops. We've we've seen a couple oops, but I'm trying to see someone like soaring, like flying. I, I want their we obviously saw Frank Nitty like post rise Jason Maxia last year. That was probably the best dunk of the season, but I'm trying to see some like crazy reverse alley oop. I think KJ McDaniels could give you that. Still 29 years old, uh, really young player. And has some stints with the Rockets and the Sixers as well. Last played for the NLEX Road Warriors and the PBA. Okay. They played in the PBA, <clears throat> which I believe is a newer league that was founded in the Philippines. Yep, 2014 here. So relatively new. Interested. Bone Collector, I heard, had a really good tryout. Or I'm sorry, he had a really good combine. He just wasn't drafted, unfortunately, but Obviously, we know him from the N1 tour and, and know the kind of excitement he brings. You know, would love to see a couple ankles broken and the bone collector to scoop them up. Uh, that would that would be make some interesting waves on social media, I'm sure. He's always – I think he was a big fan favorite last year, obviously, because a lot of people follow what he's done for a really long time. But it would be cool to see him play with uh, some experienced players and just see what kind of show he could put on. Uh, other two guys, Damian Wilkins, former NBA player. He last played with the Pacers, which pretty interesting. He got signed by the Pacers in 2018. I think that was the last team he played with. Uh, it looks like maybe he played for the G League. But before that, he hadn't been in the NBA since 2013. Played in China, played in the G League. It looks like he played in South America for a little bit. And then made it back to the Pacers. In 2018, not sure if he was a part of the team for very long. It's like he played 19 games, but nonetheless, like kudos to him. Like that's that's got to be a grind. And to to say after five years that you were able to make it make it back, um, despite a lot of people doubting you. <clears throat> yeah, got to got to give a lot of kudos to Damian Wilkins. Now 42 years old. Um, interested to see what kind of game or you know what his game looks like. He's the son of the 13-year NBA veteran, Gerald Wilkins, and the nephew of Dominique Wilkins. So the Wilkins name representing uh, very mightily in the big three draft pool. Best of luck to him at the combat as well. And then Taylor Statham, who looks like he played in the Division II with the University of California in San Bernardino. Uh, not too familiar with him. 6'6", shooting guard. Another guy that played in the in the PBA, I think maybe he was drafted to the PBA, but there were some issues of him actually playing <clears throat> at the time. Um, but I know for for Taylor that just initially what I've seen 
on social media is a very big presence on Instagram. He started something called the Statum Academy, which helps a lot of players uh, build, excel, and grow their game. And so interesting that uh, I'm interested to see what he's going to be able to do in, in the big three, in the big three combine. Looks like it's someone that's been working a long time to try to play professionally, but not only that, help a lot of people get help a lot of people on the right path from a very young age, get to where they need to be or take the right steps where they need to do to get into, you know, college or, you know, eventually play professionally, whether it be in the NBA or any other league like overseas <clears throat> or potentially like in the G league option, maybe it's a uh, overtime, overtime elite. Now that's, that's also an option. I always, for, always forget about now, uh, but it looks like he's been grinding as of late. Uh, getting ready for that that big three combine. So best of luck to all these guys. Really excited that we have our first flash alert. Sounds seems like, I mean, again, it's April 7th. The league starts in a little over two months. We're already getting flash alerts, which definitely a lot earlier than last year, although I understand last year was more of like recuperating, getting back in the flow of things. But Already getting splash alerts. Interested to see who else joins. You know that they always save the best for last. It's uh, all the news I had today. Uh, appreciate everyone who's tuned in up to this point. If you're still listening to the show, uh, get ready because we got an interview with Victor Evans. He was one of the guys who made it at the one of two guys who made it from the Phoenix tryout, and pretty curious to learn a little bit more about him. Um, not as familiar with his game, but pretty wild story. He actually went to two trials. I'm going to ask him a little bit more about that and how that went about. Didn't even know that was a possibility, but hands down, one of the one of the coolest tryout stories already. Uh, so we're going to get a chance to talk to him again. If if you want to follow the show at Fourth Man Pod on all social media, YouTube.com/slash/FourthMan to watch the show on YouTube, watch watch this episode on YouTube as well as. Going to be dropping that series, just recorded it, just in the editing process, but going to be dropping that series very, very soon that I've been talking about for the, the past three or four episodes and haven't delivered on yet. And also as well, appreciate everyone who's listening on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel. Without further ado, let's get to our interview with Victor Evans. So today we're welcoming on Victor Evans. Victor played at Pierre College. Vanguard University, and most recently was selected to go to the Big Three Combine from the Phoenix tryouts uh, that the Big Three just had. So, Victor, welcome to the show. Do you go by Vic? Do you go by Vito? Victor Gill? Uh, everything, man. Like, literally all my friends and family call me different things. So, yeah, but I'll answer to, to whatever I hear, really. All right. Maybe I'll, I'll start with Victor, and if, if you feel like I'm cool enough throughout the show to call you anything else, <laughs> I'll do so. But appreciate you joining the show. How's everything been? How are you feeling after, you know, being selected to go to the combine and now just kind of like in the purgatory stage of like getting ready to go to the combine? Yeah, it, it feels good. Uh, I've been feeling well today. It's, I don't know where you're at, but I'm in California. So like okay. Orange County area, it was like a hundred degrees today. So, Ooh. but um, yeah, but I've been good. I've been working out a lot. Didn't really, I took a little break after the, after the trial just because I actually sprained my ankle like 10 minutes in or something like that. Oh man. So yeah, the next day it was killing me. So I took probably like four or five days off, but then I basically been nonstop since then. 
Interesting. Okay, we're going to get back to the, the sprain ankle part because you have a really interesting uh, tryout journey. But I want to start with your experience kind of playing in college. So you played at Peter College. You ended your career at Vanguard University. What was kind of your experience um, the last year at Vanguard? I kind of read that you were maybe a little bit more seasoned when you when you got to Vanguard. So what was kind of your experience there? Uh, and what was kind of the main goal when you initially intent, or initially decided to go to sign there? Yeah, so like college wise, like it's college wise is a crazy journey. Like like you said, I started at Pierce College uh, my freshman year. I, I had a really good freshman year. I got um, selected to go to the Mullins Top One Hundred camp and things like that. And then my sophomore year, I actually transferred to Odessa College, which I don't know why, but Vanguard never put that in. So a lot of people <laughs> don't know I went to Odessa College in Texas. Okay. Um, and then after that, I ended up at Vanguard and um, I kind of just chose Vanguard because uh, it's a small Christian school and I was really like kind of on my faith journey, trying to get closer to the God and things like that. Um, that's really the only reason why I chose it because it's not really, it's a basketball school as far as it's the biggest sport on campus, but mm-hmm. it's not like a school known like to go to play basketball and then further your career in basketball. So I chose it just as just get closer with my faith and things like that and it worked out I got, I'm closer than with God than I've ever been I met my wife there so it was a life-wise it was a, a the, the greatest decision I ever made that's awesome that's that's really dope and it's cool how things like line up like that where you like pick a school Man, for, for one reason and then you meet the love of your life or you meet yeah. someone who's a business partner whatever the case may be networking is a crazy world so I'm interested because said you went there uh, more for religious purposes, but did you have intentions? I mean, when you went there, obviously basketball was a big focus still. Did you have, oh, yeah, yeah. what were kind of your intentions when you went there? I mean, did you always have intentions of going pro after that or how did that look for you? Yeah, my intention was always to go pro. Like uh, the NBA was, you know, it's, it's always a kid's dream, but I never, realistically, I never like, that was never like a huge goal for me. Like it was to make it to the league. I just wanted to do what I love and get paid to do what I love. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I didn't, don't get me wrong. Like Vanguard is a great basketball school. Um, the year before, two years before I got there, they actually won the national tournament for NAIA. So they're, they're a pretty good basketball school. They usually have a, a pretty good preseason schedule with the division one and stuff they play. Uh, for whatever reason, when I got there, we only played one D one, but <laughs> I still I had a I had a great time, man. I made some, made some great met some great people, and then but uh, pro wise, of course, I still wanted to play overseas or something like that. Um, just it was always something that happened to where I couldn't go, or like things kind of fell out of like like you no, know, it was just a lot of little stuff. Like even one time, a whole. Like I, I was started practicing everything, ready, ready to sign, and then two of the sponsors of the team dropped out. So, like it's been mm. it's been a weird journey for me as far as professional basketball. Yeah, how would you describe your professional basketball career before the big three tryouts? Uh, in like one word, and why? Almost there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had like a lot of opportunities. Um, I actually was leaving to go to Belize before the okay. pandemic happened. And the pandemic just kind of ruined everything. That was going to be my first official year playing overseas. Um, I did a tour in the Dominican Republic before, but I've never got to actually like really get down and like and, and 
show like what I'm capable of doing on a professional level. I play in the Drew League, stuff like that. Yeah. I've been playing that since like 2014, I think. So you know, I've been playing against overseas NBA guys for even before I was out of college. So right. So you just you know, you've been playing against the pros, preparing and you know, a couple of opportunities that did work out, uh, which I'm sorry to hear about first and foremost, but then wow. hear no about the, uh, the big three tryouts coming up. I mean, first and foremost, did you know about the league? How did, how did the big three tryouts, like uh, the opportunity come to you or is it the league, something you've been following for a little bit? Oh yeah. So um, the big three, I knew, I knew all about it because uh, one of my real close friends is Corey Maggetti. So oh, nice. I, yeah, that's I a, knew, that's a I good person to know for that league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it helps a little bit, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I knew about it from, from him. Uh, he actually, the year they won it, um, he runs camps out here in, like, a like a kid's league. And I help him, like, coach and things like that with it. And he brought the trophy for the year they won and things like that. So I got, like, pictures with the, tro- with the trophy. So, that's and then he told me. Literally, like, that same day, he was like, man, you said you got to get into it. At that point in time, I think there was an age requirement. Like, you had to be mm-hmm. a certain age. So I couldn't do it. And then I think the age dropped to where now I'm eligible to do it. So so I'm trying uh, trying my best to get into it now. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually got a Corey's jersey right there. I mean, a replica oh, yeah. of Corey's jersey. Uh, but we had Corey on the show very early in the podcast right. where he was he was nice enough to do it and uh oh, yeah. Really good guy. yeah really really good guy from uh i mean just the one conversation we had so yeah. that's cool and i think what's cool about the league too is like you're saying you know like you were saying the league lowered the age limit to 22 i don't think they're only trying to get younger to create more excitement you know because obviously right a lot of older guys in the league but i think too what's happened is some of the older guys have gotten you know, legit opportunities overseas, NBA and the G League wise, which I and personally for me is the coolest aspect is now it's become more of a viable path to, to play on a big stage and get right, more eyes right. on you and see what you can do. Um, you know, not just for bigger name play, players like like Joe, who I think is most people who when they think of the big three, they talk about them. But I've seen a lot of guys who didn't necessarily have like a prominent name and uh uh, have really starred in this league. Like some of my favorites are guys like Andre Owens and David Hawkins. Not the not the biggest names, but guys that have followed out in this league and just kind of shown what they can do, which yeah, has been really cool. And for themselves too. Exactly. So uh, I, I kind of preface this at the top, but you're you're. I didn't know this. I was on your Instagram, or I was scrolling through Instagram one day. I came across one of your videos. You're talking about a cool story and about some of the numbers that you've gotten from not just one oh, trial, man. but but two tryouts, uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty pretty crazy. I mean, so you try out in Dallas. How? What happened there? And then was it always your intention to be like, if I don't make this one, I'm going to another one? Yeah. So um, with the tryouts, it was I was going to go to all of them until I got selected. I, that was the, the goal. <laughs> I decided not to go to DC because it was just a it was such a long flight, mm. and I just didn't. Cause I, I knew I was gonna go, I was gonna fly in, play, and then fly right out. So I was mm-hmm. just like, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, and then um, the New York one, I was gonna do that one too. I don't know what happened to that one, but um, Me either. Yeah, so I was gonna, I was gonna do all of them. I was, uh, me and Corey talked about it. He was like, yeah, bro. He said, the, honestly, the more you're, you're seeing, the, the better. 
And then um, the Dallas one, when I flew out there, uh, I flew in the night before. Uh, didn't really get any rest because I was catching up with uh, two of my close, close friends from high school. So I stayed with them and we were up to like two, three in the morning or something like mm -hmm. that. But uh, when I got there, um, I was energized just because of the excitement. I was energized. Uh, I got there. I got a really good warm up in. Um, I thought I did enough for sure to, to make the all-star team. My team had only lost, I think, one game. Um, literally, I thought we had, like, the, probably the most excitement going on. I, me and um, – actually, one of my teammates made – his name escapes me now. He did, he did the podcast right before oh, me. TK Adogi. Yes, there we go. Okay, okay. He was on my team. And, uh, like, just dunking everything. Like, we were, we were having fun. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. One of my players did, like, eight four-pointers, like – so oh wow! I was, yeah, when it, when he was the only one picked from our team, I was I was shocked. But um, JD, he actually came up to me and told me he was like, "Yeah, man," he said, "I, I had you going to the All Star game, like I mentioned your name, but uh, it just wasn't enough of us." And he was like, "Well, you know, keep your head up." Blah blah blah. I, he didn't know this, but I I was going to go to the next one anyway. So <laughs> yeah, so I, I talked to Corey after, and then um, he's just kind of like, "Hey, man," he's like. It happens sometimes. Like, we're just going to get you to the next one. And then we got to, we went to the next one. Well, we didn't go to DC, but we went to Arizona. Nice. It must be hard. Oh, the number, the number thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. uh, would love to hear a little bit more about that. I mean, it sounds like it's something that's kind of like near and dear to your heart. And again, it seems yeah, like fate so, worked out for the better. <laughs> man. So uh, when, so the number I got was 31. Um, so when I seen that again, uh, like I said, I didn't, sleep all that much the night before but when i've seen that 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 also gave me a boost because um just the 31 flipped to 13 and my uh, cousin she was a year younger than me a year and 20 days actually younger than me um so we we grew up literally five minutes apart like five minute drive away uh so we seen each other every week so she um was diagnosed with cancer when she was 10 uh she beat it and then she got leukemia when she was 12 and passed away um, from it when she was 13. So the 31 and the 13, just seeing those numbers, it, it, it helped me out a lot. And I was, I was excited for it. And then she also, she passed away uh, January 31st. So it just, like, it felt like she was with me. And uh, that's why, I, again, like, even after having no sleep, I had so much energy. My legs were fine, everything like that, off from flying the day before, the night before, I got in at eight, but, mm -hmm. so that gave me a big boost, and then, um, you know, I, although I didn't make it, I still, I felt good about it, because I knew that I did well, um, JD coming to talk to me, that helped me, like, keep my confidence up even more, and then, um, yeah, so, and then, fast forward to, to Phoenix, I got the number 26, and so this is my second tryout, and then 13 times two is 26, so it just, it just all felt right. Like, like I knew from when I got that number, like, uh, like I just, I it just, I was like, there's no way I'm not, I'm not going to make it. Man, that's an incredible story. And yeah. sorry to hear about your loss, but to continue on, so, like Thank to keep someone's legacy going like that, especially someone like near and dear to your heart. Oh yeah. That's the only tattoo I have, man. Like, I'm not a tattoo guy, but I, I have Britiana's smile for life across my chest. So. Man, yeah, I love that's, that. she was she was one of 
Yeah, she's one of my favorite people ever to walk this earth, man. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. And uh, I'm sure it gave you that boost again in Phoenix, like oh, yeah. seeing that. It's like just seeing another tie to that number. And in Phoenix, sure. things obviously went well. You and Jerron Hopkins were the two dudes selected mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, go to the combine. We were actually think, on the same team. Oh, I was going to say, what do you think changed <laughs> in Phoenix? Do you feel like just different evaluators? Do you feel like you played better? I mean, it's pretty crazy that you're saying that you sprayed your ankle and you made that one. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah. So the, the only difference was um, in Phoenix, I, I knew what I was going into. So um, for some reason in my head in Dallas, I wasn't thinking that it was just going to be everybody from Dallas and Arlington at the mm-hmm. trial. Like I, my head wasn't thinking that. So they all knew each other. So that first game, I really didn't touch the ball too much because they, they didn't know me. They weren't familiar with me. And then um, uh, I actually touched score. I was like, man, I was like, every time I touch it, you know, I'm making good things happen, whether scoring, assisting, whatever. And defensively, I'm playing good. But, you know, I'm not really touching the ball. He was like, hey, brother, don't worry about it. He said, just go out, play a game. You're going to be fine. So uh, second and third game is when I really started picking it up and playing well because I realized – if I get to have court first, I get the ball. <laughs> so yeah. as soon as the other team scored and they passed it, I was just sprinting to half court and, and going from there. And then I'm trying to get every rebound I can, things like that, because I'm a bigger guard and I'm pretty athletic, so I can get down there and jump with the best of them down there. So I just made sure, like, I just asserted myself and got to the ball. And then in Phoenix, I just – I already had that mindset of, all right, I know I got to do this. So I don't have a slow start. Yeah, it must be pretty hard. Well, one, that's incredible that like you took advantage of the situation, you know, kind of understanding this is what, you know, you were, you were ready. You were more prepared, um, Mm -hmm. which obviously, uh, you know, not everyone has that, that advantage necessarily because uh, they don't maybe have the dedication that you do. Exactly. (laughs) State to state one. But what's also interesting to me too, is that, it must be hard for some of the evaluators to like have eyes on everybody. Right. Like you said, right. JD really liked your game, but maybe it's just more so like, I think guys like Isaiah Austin or a Dion Glover who works with the league didn't necessarily see you as much. Do you feel like that played a little bit of a role as well? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, in Dallas, it was a lot of guys. There. Like Phoenix was, was really small compared to Dallas. Dallas, I think we played, it was, it was two courts, so four. There was four games going on at once, so oh, wow. it was a lot more guys to look at, and we all had we all had subs. Each team had subs, so it was a lot of guys in Dallas. So uh, that's why I, I really, again, like my confidence wasn't down at all after mm-hmm. Dallas because I, I knew there was a lot of guys there. Um, I knew I played well, and then JD came up to me and, and like, even out his way to talk. To me. I didn't approach him or anything like that. Even out his way, he was like, "Hey, man." He said, I, I, I wanted you in there, but, you know, uh, they, they went with some other guys. And I was like, that's fine, man. I appreciate that. And then it was crazy. Isaiah Austin he used to work out at my high school. Oh, nice. And back in the day. Yeah, so I went up to him. I told him, I was like, man, I used to see you at Emory High School because um, my coach is the Compton Magic coach. And he was like, oh, we chopped it up about it. But anyway, that's, that's another story. <laughs> well, what's crazy, too, is I think – uh, based or not, I think I know. TK told me on our the last episode that he was on. He actually told me that everybody from 
the run, which is JD's pro run, right. <laughs> actually yeah. went to the Dallas tryout. So now you're telling me how many people were there. I'm thinking, man, like I, at first I was thinking, man, it's probably like 10 or 15 people. Now I'm thinking it's probably like 20 to 30 people just from his yeah, run. At but least man, 30, at least. That's nuts. Um, well, congratulations to you. Now you have a, you have an opportunity to make history. Uh, you know, we had, obviously the big three had the tryouts last year. They had two tryouts, five people from each spot this year. They're having four tryouts, I guess, not five, but four tryouts. I'm not really sure how many spots at this point, because they selected three people in DC and two people at the other spots. But the history that could be made here is that you could be the first player to go from tryout to combine and then be drafted. That is yet to happen there. So going into the combine, yeah, going into the combine, what are you hoping to showcase to some of the teams and coaches there? Um, I think what might separate me is just my versatility on the defensive end. It's because I'm going to be able to guard, you know, uh, relatively all the, the wings and guards because of my size and, and strength and my athletic ability. And then I can also, if I get switched down in the big, I'm tough enough and strong enough to where I, I can dug it out a little bit and <laughs> and make it hard for them. So I think that's why I'm going uh, to do my best to show and um, at the, the combine. Cause I can, I know I can score. Scoring, scoring is easy, but I feel like everybody can score. Like mm-hmm. everybody that's going to be there is going to be able to score. So of course I'm gonna go out there looking to score and show my passing ability. But I think defensively, I think that'll that'll put me over the top. Yeah, I think that's major. I think just what we've seen in this league through the first four seasons is that there'll be some guys who are well known. In the, in the basketball world, but they don't always succeed in the league. And a lot of that has to do with defense. Um, that and like bigs, I feel like are always like two people that are drafted, like versatile players, defensive, like defensive or play well on defense and big, I feel like are always like the most coveted. So yeah, that would definitely work in, in your advantage, I feel like. Uh, is, is your hope to play on the same team as Jerron again? I mean, uh, I, I know, I'm not sure if you guys knew each other prior, but it sounds like you guys have had a lot of success in Phoenix. Do you feel like yeah, we did. work well? We did. We, uh, yeah, I think we both kind of are relatively the same as far as being able to do a lot of different things. Nice. And we both, like, weren't thirsty for the ball or anything like that. We kind of just – we don't have a, the game to where we try to force anything. I think that's why it, was, it worked so well. Um, actually, in Phoenix, three of us, three out of the four on my team, we made the all-star game. So we all wow. played pretty well together. But, uh, yeah, we're on the same team. That would be cool. But I'm just – I'm going in there laser focus, man. Like, I'm just whatever, – whatever cars they give me is, is – I'm, I'm going to work with them. Yeah, what are your what are your expectations for the combine as you're kind of working on? I mean, what are, what are you expecting? Now that um, I've gone to multiple combines, you know, like you, you were able to do is the tryouts. Right. Yeah. So I'm going a, I'm to a chop it up with uh, with Frank. Uh, Frank actually lives probably like 10 minutes away, like 10, 15 minutes away. Frank Nitty. Oh, nice. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk with him. I get to I get a chance to hoop with him a lot out here. So uh, I already the end of As soon as I got at the end of my like, hey, man, like, let me talk to you about the combine. Like, I think he was in like the first ever combine, I believe. I think I was like 2019. Yeah, Frank's Frank's journey is kind of interesting because I just remember he was there was like an alert that he was going to be in the league in the draft pool, and then like the night of the draft, you find out that he's actually going to be the co-captain because Al Harrington dropped. Yeah, so, yeah, like his his, his journey is dope, man. I, I follow Frank's journey literally from 
when he was in like kind of my position to where everybody knows he's good enough to be playing overseas, but for whatever reason, he's not playing professionally. Yeah. And then he got a job in Canada and then he just kept elevating from there. So I've, I've been able to really see everything he's been able to accomplish. And it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's super motivational, man. It's, it's, yeah, I, I, I love stuff like that. Like that stuff, like gives me an extra like kick. Yeah. Same for me. I mean, like maybe not in the same front. Cause I'm obviously probably not. Oh, actually not. Probably not. I'm definitely not as good at basketball as you guys, but in the <laughs> sense of like, if you really like say laser focused, put your mind to it, like work at it, like, anything can be you know really possible there and that like things like frank's story or even your story like just doing some of those things like gives someone like myself a lot of confidence it's really why i enjoy the league too as well um yeah one thing that's going to be interesting they just dropped the first splash alert today uh five I've guys that are headed to the combine guys like the bone collector kj mcdaniels dewan blair what are your thoughts about like going against some of those guys potentially or some of those guys even being on your team Man, I'm excited. Like, uh, but like, like I said before, like uh, being playing in the Drew League as long as I have, I've mm-hmm. gotten to go against a lot of NBA guys and like top level pros. So I, I don't like like stuff like that. Thankfully, I've been a part of stuff like that. So, and then uh, I also I play for Meta's Drew League team, Meta World Pieces Drew League team. Oh, nice. So I get like I get a chance to be around NBA guys and then knowing Corey, he does open gyms out here. Like I've played with Catino a few times, so I'm I'm not saying that I'm like used to it or anything like that. Cause it's still awesome, like to like to see those guys. But like I'm I'm prepared for it. Like I'm being being on their team will help a lot because I know that you know I'll have guys that I can kind of lean on and play off the ball and show my shooting capability because I know they're gonna draw a lot of attention. So I know I'll be able to spot up and show that aspect of my game as well. Uh, which is something I didn't get a chance to do in um, Phoenix. I did get a chance in Dallas, though, but at Phoenix, not as much. So I just, I'm excited. Man. I'm just, what, whoever's on my team, I just, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to how they play and try to figure out the best way I can play with them and as well as showcase my talent. So, yeah, I'm excited to see who else makes uh, the combine, whether it's from a tryout standpoint. Um, maybe it's an invite. I'm not really sure the criteria. You know, in the past, it was like based off experience and then it was like overseas experience. I know that like guys that have played in the league before usually get like an invite if they're not like a captain or a co-captain or on one of the winning teams. But it'll be interesting. It'll be, there'll be like a uh, an influx of, of guys that we probably haven't seen before that'll be at the combine. So, yeah, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. It's- it's a good league, man. Like it's it's entertaining. Um, as soon as I um, reposted the big three, uh, what the big three posted, somebody from my church texted me and was like, "Hey, like my aunt, she's like a huge big three fan. She um, before the pandemic, they got in there. Um, what is what are those called? The motorhomes, I think. Yeah, like a." a, a like a, a mobile home. I don't know what it's called. Oh, the RV. They got the okay, RV. Yeah, yeah, RV. They, they literally followed it. They were in the oh, RV no following way. it. Like each state they were going to. So there's some like real diehard big three fans out there. So, yeah, 
I don't know if I'm in that category. I would say I'm a, a diehard fan because I talk about it probably more than anybody else, <laughs> uh, at least around me for sure. But our, like following an RV, that's next level fandom. So Yeah, they, they, they followed it around. I think it was the first or second year. I'm not, I, I don't remember what she said, but yeah, I was like, that's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm really excited, man. I'm just, I've been working hard. Like even after this, I'm going straight over to the gym. Luckily, my, my right. church has a, a pretty nice gym, so nice. Well, they let me use it whenever I need it. Yeah, you got uh, you got a little bit of support from the church there. It's pretty dope. Yeah, uh, yeah, huge support. They, they they look out. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like you got um, some good connections to kind of like to lean on, some good support system to lean on, not only from within the league, but just kind of within your inner circle as well. And yeah. really, just you know, best of luck to you. I appreciate you joining the show and kind of telling your story a little bit. And uh, I'm wishing you the best of luck. It's been inspiring, and I, I hope you, you know, get a chance to showcase your skills to the max and hopefully get drafted. Oh, thank you, man. That's the goal. That's that's the, the, the main goal right now is, is to get drafted. Yes, sir. So. Well, I appreciate the time. Go make history, and uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you. All right. That was our interview with Vic Evans. Appreciate his time and just – Super interesting story, fascinating story of where he came from and how he got to where he's at today. Now he's going to the Big Big Combine, just really grinded it out to get what he was hoping for at this tryouts. And ultimately it panned out. So now he's going to get to go against a lot of different uh, names that maybe we're a little bit more familiar with. But again, it's all about your name or it's all about your game and not your name. And Vic's going to have a chance to prove that against, you know, at least for guys right now that we know of, phone collector, KJ McDaniels, and some of the other guys are listed, DeWan Blair. We'll see who else is going to be at the combine, but again, appreciate him hopping on. Again, you can find the show at fourth man, uh, on, across all social media, excuse me, at fourth man pod, getting a little ahead of myself. You can listen to the show on your preferred podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Watch the show on YouTube. Again, series is coming out. I promise it's coming out i'm in the process of editing it i'm working on it but it will be out very soon you guys will see what i'm talking about and for those listening on dash radio appreciate you guys as always coming through on the nothing but net channel thank you once again and we'll see you guys next time Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.